Hey, Abby. Hey, Katie. And welcome, everyone, to Sticky Podcast, the podcast about why infertility sucks. Abby and I want to share our experience of how we navigated our own journeys and aim to help others dealing with the same bad news. That's right. Let's get it. Hey, hey. Hey, girl. What up? Um, not too much. That's cool. Just hanging out. We're recording on a different day. I know. This is I like this. I do, too. Yeah. It's kind of like we're giving ourselves the weekend. Yes. That's so true. Because we normally do Saturdays or Sundays. That's right. But we're doing a Friday. Friday. And um, it's not going to be super long for two reasons. Three. Three, yes. Three reasons. Um, A, it's like a fire hose of information. <laughs> Which, what is the information? Oh, female factor. Yes, female factor, ladies and gentlemen. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then, second reason, I have a reservation at 7.30. <laughs> uh, important. It's Very. important. And um, third reason is you have something to do, too, yes, right? Yes, we're going to the Anderson Soiree. Well, look at you. Hello, fancy. Do you dress up? No. Oh. It's no. Anderson. It's Anderson. A <laughs> town. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we got we got plans basically. No. <laughs> right. Right. We never have plans. So right. the fact that we have plans tonight, I mean, yeah, I've got to get home. Jake's like, you are definitely not going to make it in time because <laughs> he knows we like to talk for an hour before and an hour after. That's what Matthew said. He was like, yeah. "How are?" We? He's like, "Are we even going to the Suarez tonight?" And I was right. like, "Listen." I'm, we're going to get a timer. We're going to be serious. We're going to be serious. Right. And we were like semi. We've definitely talked for about 30 minutes. Which is better than usual. But but it was all work. That's true. It was podcast work. We're working. So, so. tell them what we're working on. A really special. Oh, gosh. Don't tell so them what special. it is. Well, yeah, I know that. Oh, yeah. It's it's. Almost gut-wrenching it is. in the no, best way. It is so sweet, but gut-wrenching at the same time. So that will be an extra episode that will be coming up in a couple weeks. So, yeah. I'm excited about today. Yes, I know you were. You definitely love the scientific stuff, the factual that yeah. just gets you going. It's just so much information and you just don't know until you get into it. Right. And it takes a lot right. to get into it. Well, and I feel better with answers because I want to control mm. situations. And so when I have more information, I feel like I can be in more, in more control, even though this whole situation for us or anyone listening, you are not in control at all. At all. And so arming yourself with information, I feel like... You That's have power. Knowledge you have, is power. You have false control. <laughs> <laughs> you can trick yourself. You're tricking yourself. Right. To okay. think that you know what's happening, but you really don't. That's true. Okay, so first disclaimer. I'm going to start out with that. We are not doctors. We are not claiming to be doctors. We are also not diagnosing you. Mm-mm. So don't come back and say... <laughs> well, Abby said... Abby said <laughs> that I have this because she had this because... This, every, everybody is so different. Yes. And so many of these things play into each other. Yes, very true. That you could think that you have something and that you don't. Because so you, you really truly have to be tested for most, if not all, of these things. Right. 
So you can't, while you can say, oh, well, I have this symptom, this symptom, so I probably have this. Right. You really don't know until you have t- take a deep dive, have a medical a someone. Pro- a professional, professional say. Yes. Say, okay, yes, this is, we have done the test. This is what you That's have. That's right. That's right. And also, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's very complicated. And there is a lot of information out there. So where mainly where we got our information from for this episode is... A, our own fertility clinic. Mm-hmm. So our fertility clinic has amazing information online. Yes, I was so impressed. Yes, on their website. So we were researching this episode and they had so much information about male factor, female factor. I did not read any of that before I went to the doctor. Did you? No, and no. I really wish I had. Well, if you listen, if you are starting out and you listen to this episode or you listen to other episodes of ours, you're already going to know more information than either one of us combined. Did. Combined, oh, we yeah. did not know anything. Uh, I was actually looking back through some of your questions are funny, aren't oh, they? Oh my gosh, they're so funny, and I'm like, I was an idiot, and well, hopefully, I'm not the only one that asks these things. You went first, and then I asked you, right? Like, Can you give me a list of what you asked? Yes. I took that list in there and I did not ask one question <laughs> because I was, I've already said this, like I loved my doctor and I still love him and I'll use him again. Mm-hmm. He probably assumed I knew more than I did. Oh, that's funny. And so, you know, it was a lot of just like nodding and grinning <laughs> <laughs> like an idiot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from Jake and I. <laughs> so, Whereas I... Have all the questions. You had all the questions. Oh, yeah. But looking back, some of them are funny now because if we had read their website, we would have known a lot of things. Exactly. Exactly. So So it's also, while we used it for research purposes for this episode, also everyone use it as a tool for your fertility journeys. Yeah. Really, truly. I I, I wish I would have. Yeah. Because I think the one podcast that I love that I listen to, and I still listen to it, they have a lot of information but it's in the UK. Oh. Uh, so their squab- squibbles or money, <laughs> whatever, their rig- region of money, I, it didn't translate to me. Yeah. Or the medications that they use, they have different names. Or right. So it didn't, I still love to listen to it for the emotional part of it and the impact, you know, just like what impact it's going to have. Right. But the actual like nitty gritty of like, What's happening? Mm-hmm. Can't use it. No. Can't use it. But you can use us. You can. We're just two girls. Two gals. Are infertile. Infertile. <laughs> <laughs> infertile myrtles. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to read this statement to you, Katie, before we start, and you tell me if you agree or disagree. Ooh, okay. Okay. Mm. So, okay, first I'm going to ask you, do you think that infertility can be cured? Oh, I would say no. No. I would say no. Okay. I would only say no because, oh, well, that's so broad, though. I know. Okay, so maybe, okay, so I would say not all, but but yes. Well, you could say no because you're not, well. No, I changed my answer, Regis. It's more like, Okay, I guess the right question I would have to say would be, or yeah, this would be the right question. Can the cause of your infertility be cured? Yes. I think it can in some cases, and I think some cases it can't. I agree. 
Absolutely. With okay. That. So the internet says, can infertility be cured? It says yes, but it depends on the cause. So that that's makes exactly, sense. Yeah. Right. In 85% to 90% of cases, lifestyle modifications, LOL, <laughs> uh, medication, yes. Okay. Or art, which is assisted reproductive technology. So that would be like IVF. That's, that's that how they cure. Okay. That makes so much sense. That's what it would fall into. Yes. Okay. Or surgery can treat infertility and allow a person to conceive. Oh, but makes- I read that and I was like 85 to 90%. So it's not saying that if you do these things, you have an 85 to 90% chance of conceiving. Correct. It's saying in ni- 85 to 90% of cases, what you're dealing with, you can still conceive. Which is pretty so, cool. It's so encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. No, there, I agree with that. Like when we get into it, there's going to be some things where like you definitely cannot fix oh, that. Yeah. You know, but it's such a rare, it's like 1% or mm-hmm. less than a percent of the people who struggle with it. So I just think that that is such a cool thing to think about. Yeah, and, big, and you're right. Very optimistic way at looking at how you can treat right. or cure your infertility. Right. Which so, and that's interesting it's, too. It's the wrong word. It really is the wrong yeah. word because I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have thought what we did going through IVF would cure infertility no. because we still need IVF. To get <laughs> right. <laughs> Curing it would mean you can do it naturally. Right, I would think if that's, that's if that's what cure to you means. Right, right. So cure that, to you could mean that you're just pregnant. That's very true, and I guess that's that's their definition of it. Curing is successfully getting pregnant. Yeah. Okay. I guess oh, look, I'm learning too. I think it's cool. That is very cool. I think it's I think it's good to think about. I think that this can be a very depressing thing. Mm-hmm. And like I've said in the past, like some of the procedures that I did, I had very low percentage rates of success and then some of them that I did had very high success rates mm-hmm. like IVF right with genetic testing you're up there in the percentage you're like range the top tier you're the top tier yeah. yeah so for me that stuff matters because oh, yeah. I want to know the chances oh yeah I just think it helps me. Mm-hmm. Matthew was the same way. Yeah. He wouldn't have done it if if IVF did was not such a high percentage. Right. If they told me like 25% of the time this Ooh. works, I don't know. I may have had a different outlook, but, mm-hmm. you know, IVF combined with genetic testing of an embryo, so you know it's a genetically normal, you're in the high, high range. Absolutely. I mean, if you take 100 times... And what, 80% of the time, it's eight times out of 10, it's going to work. Like, that's a lot. That's good. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, freeze your eggs or go to the doctor. Okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, so, from some of my research for Female Factor, a lot of the information that we got was from our clinic, or it was from Mayo Clinic, or it was from Cleveland Clinic online. So, if you have an issue with anything I said reach out to them. Uh, <laughs> again, we, we again we right. didn't make this. Right. So ovulation disorders are the most common cause of infertility in people with ovaries. So in women, you know, mm-hmm. ovulation disorders. That makes sense to me. Oh, yeah. Because ovulation disorders is basically saying like, you know how down here we say um, you just want a Coke, but really you just mean like a soda. you want a soda, like you want it, you want Dr. Pepper, you want... Sprite or whatever, but you just call it a Coke. Right. I feel like that's what ovulation disorders are. 
They're like the whole gamut. That makes so much sense. Yes, I yeah. agree. So, as we all know, ovulation is the process where your ovaries release an egg to meet sperm for fertilization. So, if Aww. you're having trouble with that... That will cause probably, infertility. Probably going to have trouble. <laughs> right. Okay, so some causes of infertility in females. I, the ovulation thing was just something I added because I thought it was cool. Yeah. So, first thing would be your favorite... Endometriosis. Uh, endos. Yeah, so first, good times. Yeah. First thing I want to say is that some people, and not even a small percent, have it and don't even know. I didn't. That they have. You didn't know. I had no idea. Well, Katie, you had the signs. I definitely <laughs> had the signs and had no I, I When he told me yeah. that I had, that he underlying, shock. oh, I was like, you're crazy. Yeah. So, but so here's here's this you were is like, actually you funny. literally came back to work and you were like, I don't think I did. Oh yeah, no, no, no. And no. then like you would have a period and you'd be crawling, <laughs> crippled in pain. But I got this. Yeah. Yeah. No. But really, what was the biggest indicator to me was when he asked me, when you start cramping for your period, how much time does your period start? Do you start bleeding? Wait, how many days do you cramp before you start bleeding? Correct. Okay. Yes. And I was like, oh, psh, a week? <laughs> not normal. Not, I, I didn't know that. No. I truly did not know that. He was no. like, oh, you, okay, let's keep asking questions. Yeah. And I just, he was like, no, like, that's not normal. No. Like, you should cramp and then there should be blood. No, yeah. I was Katie, like, sir, that's never happened to me in my mine's life. Like, <laughs> mine's like, I would wake up in the morning with a cramp and think, oh, I'm going to start my period. And then... Oh, mine was like, oh, I'm starting to cramp, I guess. Let's see, about a week. What's today? Oh, okay. <laughs> Monday or Tuesday. It's Monday. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So Sunday or Monday, I'm going to start my period. Oh. And bam, there it would be. Yeah. Wild. I had no idea. Yeah, see, and what's so weird is that there's other symptoms, uh, there's other things, too, that have the same symptoms. Mm-hmm. You know how, like, it was super annoying when COVID happened and then <clears throat> every symptom was COVID? Oh, yeah. It's kind This... Infertility is very overlapping. Yes, I agree. So it is very, that's why it's so important to not brush stuff off and diagnose yourself Mm -hmm. and eat your Chinese herbs and then try to get pregnant. (laughs) Like, you've got to get, you know, go see someone. Right. Okay, so basically what endometriosis is, for those who don't know, is a disorder in which tissue similar to the tissue that lines the uterus grows on the outside. Of the uterus. Which shouldn't happen. No. And and to me, just like from a, I, I don't know if this is scientific. This is not Mayo Clinic. This is me. <laughs> it seems like your uterus has to change in size frequently because when you are ovulating, mm-hmm. that means that the hormone is, the hormones are growing a follicle yeah. or an egg sac. So your ovary has got to expand. Right. If there is tissue on the outside that's not supposed to be there, it seems like that wouldn't be able to expand like it should. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I and don't know. maybe that's where the pain comes from. Maybe. I don't know. Right. I've never asked that, but mm. I don't know. That's just something I thought about with it. But basically, some signs are painful periods. <laughs> yeah. Heavy bleeding. Which, and you know, it's so funny that I, I guess I had it my whole life and didn't know it because everything that I had, I just thought was normal. Yeah. It's, well, you don't know because nobody, I mean, 
Nobody feels each other's pain levels. Well, right. So you don't really know. If you're throwing up, if you're having your period and the pain is so bad you're throwing up, mm-hmm. you probably should just at least talk to someone. Definitely go see a doctor Go see for your that. OB. Thankfully, I was never that right. bad. And I would only be in pain for a day. Yeah. Grab my heating pad, lay that sucker on there. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Because even my fertility doctor was like, you must have a high pain tolerance. Yeah. Like if you... Like, you only had one day where it was bad. I was like, yeah, typically it was, like, the first day would suck and then Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. It's kind of crazy because we've always kind of characterized us as you male factor, me female factor, but Uh, you were both. I was. Right. You're exactly right. Yeah. And I never, yeah, you're right. I never really, So we just had that taken care, which goes back into the, can infertility be cured? Right. Technically, if endometriosis was the only thing on our plate. Yeah. It could have been cured because they you can take medicine or you can have surgery exactly exactly yeah so interesting it is really interesting so just the the science is just so cool it really so to to detect it or to figure out that you have it really truly the only way is surgery yes that is the only way to actually confirm that you have it however what i was reading you tell me if this is wrong but they can they can see signs of it through an ultrasound, a transvaginal ultrasound. Do you agree with that? I don't know. I can either disagree or agree because yeah. I was never told during my transvaginal ultrasounds that you had it, that I had it or not. Well, what led to the surgery? My symptoms. Oh, the symptoms. I basically Just had all symptoms. of them. Okay. Yeah. So, um, can you see it through a Pap smear? The answer is no. Mm-mm. Nope. And then. Surgery, obviously, yes. Yes. Okay. And I have pictures to prove it. Yeah, we'll put those on our Instagram story. Straight up. I, I don't know. I I, mean, people might throw up. They could. But I mean, it's literally so your insides. Cool. It is really cool. It literally looks like blackheads. That's gross, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. All right. We'll take a poll. We'll see if anybody wants to see the insides. <laughs> My old endometriosis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Structural abnormalities of your vagina, uterus, or fallopian tubes. Now, this would be something that probably happened while the child was growing in the womb. So that is congenital abnormalities of the reproductive system. I do know some people that have that have had issues when they were they were born that way. Yeah. And I think that some things can be fixed. So let's say if you have one fallopian tube is um, blocked or permanently blocked or something. You have another one. Yeah. You know, there's there's ways, but it's definitely go see your doctor. Oh, definitely. And if you've been going to an OB, they already know. Right. I mean. So this is. They're so, seeing all of it. They're seeing the vagina. They're seeing the cervix. They're seeing the fallopian tubes. Oh, right. So yeah. They, they know. can see it all. Yeah. Well, and then if they can't just look at it through the ultrasound they do that dye test. They they can see. That's right. Run your pipes. The plumber. Yes. The yeah. Plumber. Okay. Moving on. This one is it's autoimmune conditions. Okay. So there's like celiac disease, lupus. There's other autoimmune diseases that are going to possibly create some issues for you to conceive naturally. However, according to the research that I've done. Many, many, many women have successful pregnancies oh. that have lupus, that have celiac disease, 
it require you. I think it would require a diagnosis of being a high risk pregnancy. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that you do need to try to let your doctor know that you're trying before you start trying. That's fair. And before it happens. And then let's say you have trouble and they may even tell you up front, like you may have a little trouble because you have this. Right. So if that's the case, then do your trying. We may shorten your trying time. I mean, oh, that, that yeah. would make sense to me, right? You would think because if you know that you have this autoimmune disorder or disease, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're already, you already have something against you. You have something right. stacked against you. So... You would need, I would think you wouldn't need a whole year. Right. I don't think so either. And I think that if you have a doctor who's not like on the same page as you. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion or Mm -hmm. get a new doctor. Yeah, straight up. I mean, there's a lot of doctors out there. So. Truly. I mean, I jive with mine, but if she was not, I mean, after our second miscarriage, she was like, you need to go see somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, (laughs) ma'am. Okay. <laughs> but now you jive. And then I waited another year and a half because I'm an <laughs> idiot. Okay. All right. This one also, um, I don't feel like I can go into it, but kidney disease. Right. Um, but it was named as like kind of, I mean, it's probably a very small percentage of people who have kidney disease that have trouble, but mm-hmm. it does happen. Right. So, um, okay. Pelvic inflammatory disease. That's P-I-D. Intense. So it's basically an infection of the female reproductive organs. So it could be, it could occur from like a sexually transmitted disease. Okay. So the signs and symptoms would run the gamut of what a bacteria would cause or um, an STD would cause. Mm -hmm. Lots of women that have pelvic inflammatory, that have PID, they get pregnant and they're fine. And... They can treat it and they can help you. It is wild all the things that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, kidneys, your, yes. I, I mean, it's just. Well, it's just weird that all of it affects your fertility. Yes. It's weird. It is so crazy. Yeah. Okay. Hypothalamus. Yeah. Hypothalamus. That is the portion of the brain that aids in regulating the nervous system. And pituitary glands. Crazy. And so it also generates hormones that control hunger, mood, and body temperature. When the hypothalamus does not communicate properly with the pituitary gland, both male Mm. and female infertility can be affected. It's a flipping hormone. Yeah. And there's there's actually more hormones. Like, I'm going to go through more hormones, too, Mm -hmm. that... That affect it. So can you take a hormone, the hormone that you're lacking with hypothalamus? I mean, my goodness. Yeah, I can't say anything about this because I, d- I didn't have this, but it's very intriguing. I'm literally looking it up because that is, I did not look that up and I should have. You know somebody who's had that. Yes, I do know someone. She, after we started the podcast, she opened up to me about that she has that. Mm. Yeah. So it's very, that was the first time I'd ever heard it. And it was very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, cause you know, when you think of infertility, you just automatically assume it's going to have to do with your reproductive system. Right. Not your brain. Not your brain. Right. Right. That's, that's wild. 
I don't know what the cures are, but I will follow up on the mail episode. I love that. Okay, so moving on, we have PCOS. That's a big one. That's a big one. I feel Lots like that's... Lots of people have heard of this one. Yeah, and you know why it's a big one? Why? Because it has to do with your ovaries. Oh, well, there you go. Ova- your ovarian reserve or, you know, basically ovulation. Right. And so... That's a pretty big part of getting pregnant. That's the naturally. big one. Right. Basically, it's polycystic ovary syndrome. Polycystic ovary syndrome. Sounds weird. It does. It doesn't fit, but whatever. Uh, Yeah, maybe it's wrong. Um, (laughs) Anyway, everybody knows what PCOS is. (laughs) So if you have it, um, you may have irregular periods. Okay. Okay. Or you may have periods that last longer. Oh. Or you may have an extended cycle. So like 28 days would be a normal cycle. Right. It would be longer. Oh. It could be. Right. Could be longer. Right. Okay. It's having too much of a hormone called androgen. Androgen. It literally sounds like a Game of Thrones name. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like a guy on Game of Thrones. It's a solid name. It's a solid name. So with PCOS, many small sacs of fluid develop along the outer edge of the ovary. These are called cysts. So yeah, like that's a common thing. People get cysts. Right. The small fluid builds cysts contain immature eggs. These are called follicles. The follicles fail to regularly release eggs. Okay, so. And we've gone over that follicles are what? The egg sac. The egg, right. In your ovaries. Yes. And then normally in a normal cycle, your body produces enough hormones to grow one follicle. And then it releases it. Yeah. And then you get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds simple. <laughs> yeah. But th- this is interesting, too, because this now is something to do with having too much of a hormone, whereas the hypothalamus was that yeah. you weren't creating a hormone. Yeah. It's so it, it's just so fascinating how mm-hmm. you just tilt something a little bit and it just throws a, just everything a little off. bit. Yeah. Right. That's true. It's yeah. crazy. So with PCOS, I was never diagnosed. I don't think that they felt the need to diagnose me. Well, and that's what I was going to ask, too. Why do you think that you had it out of those symptoms? What what had you experienced? So what I've experienced is my cycle was typically, well, when I was younger, like I would say teens and 20s, it was very irregular. Mm. I never knew when my period was going to start. I also never tracked it because I was an idiot and young. (laughs) Um, And then... As I got older, I started tracking it, like, through all of this, and it was, like, 34, 36 days. Mm. I remember one time it was 52 days. Yeah. Because um, you thought you were pregnant. Yeah. I th- well, of course. Yeah. Right. I exactly. Mean, doesn't it make sense? Yeah. And so, that I had that. I also had high levels of AMH, which is the anti-malarian hormone. Okay. That is when you initially go to the doctor and they're going to do your blood panel. Did they test your AMH? Because I had mine tested yes. for the re- okay. My AMH was normal is two to three, and yeah. apparently mine was six point six. But I remembered yours was being higher than mine. Mine was over ten. Yes. So, and I'm ten years older than you. Yes. So that is a sign. It's not always a sign. But it could be a sign that I did not always release an egg on my own. Mm. So I may have had a period, 
but it could have been one of these cysts that would develop. It would be too big. It would be an immature egg. And, or I would release an egg, but I would not get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Took six months of trying. Then it took a year of trying. Right. And I couldn't really track my ovulation because normally you would track it in the middle of your cycle. Why don't you have a regular cycle? That would be frustrating. It's all right. So, uh, (laughs) I mean, we're here now. That's true. But they never really diagnosed me because I think that they also knew that more than likely it was poor egg quality. Right. That would be your number one. Right. Okay. But some of the signs that I had, their regular period and all that, the high AMH, that that was also a sign. I think he may have said, like, you could have PCOS, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to diagnose. Everything is just overlapping. Right. Okay, moving on. Primary ovarian insufficiency. It's called POI, and it is very rare. It typically is affecting about 1% of women. Mm. But basically, it is where your ovaries just, like, kind of stop working before the age of 40. So, um, So does that mean you go into menopause or they just, it just stops? It says it causes a regular menstrual period. So it sounds like you still have a period. Um, So, you know, just to throw in that extra little gift, Mm. you can't do it, but you're still going to have to buy tampons. Suffer. Right. That sucks. Um, But it obviously leads to um, infertility. Yeah. But it's very rare. It's very rare. Um, Okay. Poor egg quality. I know the most about this. Um, (laughs) She'll jam. So poor egg quality is caused by diminished ovarian reserve. Oh. Ooh. And is one of the most common causes of infertility. Oh. Mm -hmm. Especially in women over 35 yeah, because it has to do with your ovarian, your ovaries, your ovarian Yeah, but reserve. I really thought that PCOS would have taken the cake. Well, PCOS has to do with it, too. So does endometriosis. It all goes back to what I said in the beginning, the the ovulation right. disorder. All of these affect your ovulation. Yeah. Okay. Ovulation okay. is Coke. Ovulation is Coke. Thank yes. you. Yes, you're right. Yes. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. People. Yes. <laughs> Not the booger sugar. <laughs> I never heard that. That is hysterical. I just heard it on a show. Um, <laughs> ah, that's funny. Called Working Moms on Netflix. Oh. It is B-A-D, and it is so oh, good. Oh, Lord. I love it. Mm. All right. So... Egg quality is important because it because it determines embryo quality. Yes. Okay. That is very, so, yeah. Yeah. Poor egg quality is closely associated with chromosomal abnormalities in embryos, also known as aneuploidy. That's a new one for me. You had, anu- you had some aneuploidies. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You wouldn't have known. <laughs> you maybe did. I maybe did. Well, they retrieved 30 eggs. You had what? How many? 16. 16 fertilized. 16 fertilized. 11 made it to the freezer. Those could have been aneuploidy that didn't make it. Chromosomally messed up. Right. So. Unsound. Right. Like for me, I had a total of, I think it was 10 embryos tested. And four, four were normal. So six were genetically not normal. Um, aneuploidy. And the other ones, the good ones are called euploid, I believe. Oh, nice. 
Okay, so just want to interject this real quick. Freeze, freeze your eggs. Freeze your eggs. <laughs> if we haven't mentioned it before. Right, right. Freeze your eggs. Get a counselor. Okay, signs of poor egg quality. Okay, you ready? Ooh, this is a good one because mm-hmm. this is not something that I don't think would be. I'm just very intrigued by this. Okay, age. How do you know? Age, Katie. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's super deep. My bad. <laughs> okay, age. Some of the, some of the signs that that it gave me were you would only know if you had them genetically tested. Oh. So you're if you're listening to this and you haven't started, you're not going to know. So age would be part of it. Like any doctor that you talk to is going to say like it is just it's just the reality. Right. Okay. Which it is sad because 35 is so young. I feel like it is. I feel like it definitely is. I mean, come I on. I mean, I'm only 4 years away from 35. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah. What? Right. It's crazy. I know. So I'm glad my embryos will always be the age of 30. Yes. There are some blood tests, though, which I think is really cool. So there oh. is low FSH reserves, which is the follicle-stimulating hormone. That is tested in the blood test that you do initially when you go to the RE. Right. The reproductive endocrinologist. Low levels of estradiol. They test your, they test that too, estrogen. Uh-huh. Okay. So that could be, low levels of that could be caused by age, early menopause, weight changes, eating disorders, or <sighs> many more things. Golly. So that could be a reason that you could have low, poor egg quality. And then the low levels of AMH. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily agree with that because it's literally just the count of eggs. Oh, so, yeah. like, mine was 10, which is, like, crazy high. Yes. If normal's 2 to 3. Right. And yours was 6.6, 6, mm-hmm. and mine was 10, they got, what, 52 eggs, and four were okay? Right. So, the count, to me, is not as... The AMH, people put so much on that. Right. And I don't think that you necessarily should. Because when I first saw my AMH, in the very beginning, I was like whoa, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. This is going to work. Let's do all the treatments. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Let's do so misleading. Let's do timed intercourse. Let's do, and I think it was just me not really thinking about it, but. Well, you also just didn't know. It didn't necessarily, it didn't necessarily mean that they were good. I had had two miscarriages. They were probably not good eggs. Right, right. They were poor quality. Wow. So that is, I don't think that you need to like put that in your Insta bio, like that you have a high A and H, like it's not that great, you know, like it doesn't matter. It matters. You don't want it to be zero. Right. But you need to put every egg in that basket in. You have to analyze everything. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. Low follicle count. They can look at your transvaginal ultrasound mm-hmm. at a certain time in the month, and they can see, they can count your follicles. So mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of cool, too. It's very um, cool. And that's also called resting follicle count. So a resting follicle would be one that is not being rapidly grown with by hormones, either naturally or medicated. Huh. Another sign of poor egg quality would be Irregular periods. Mm-hmm. But and you have always had irregular. You said even yeah, in your teens and 20s. That's so. why it overlaps with PCOS. Yeah, absolutely. And then difficulty conceiving. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. Poor egg quality. Yeah. Because your body knows 
your body is filtering that out. Right. When you are, if you were to get pregnant, Mm -hmm. your body's, and so the last thing is miscarriages. To me, I'm just so thankful for IVF because had I not done it, I don't know how many miscarriages we would have had. Oh my gosh, right. Or or how, how soon I would have given up mm-hmm. because of the poor egg quality. I could have just kept telling myself, like, it's going to happen. Mm. It's going to happen. But if they, just on that those two cycles, got 52 eggs and only four, right. four made it to Ooh. the freezer, then, you know... I'm glad that we did what we did. Absolutely. Okay, moving on. We're getting to the end, I promise. <laughs> um, I mean, this is good stuff. I feel like it is. It's, it's just so, a lot. It's a lot, and it can seem overwhelming, but it's also so good to know. It is. I mean, really, we're going over this stuff, and there's some of the stuff I'd never heard of before. Right. It's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um. Okay, not going into this, nah. but it is an option, which is sickle cell anemia. And you can have a healthy pregnancy with the early care from a doctor. Ah, okay. And you may need assistance getting pregnant. So you may need art there to you get go. pregnant. Assisted reproductive technology. So proud of you. Okay. Um, next thing, uterine fibroids. Oh. I feel like that's assist on steroids. <laughs> um, but probably not. It's actually tumors that grow and they're usually benign, so non-cancerous. Um, but they can affect uh, pregnancy depending on the size and the location of where they are. Right. So you need help for that. Okay. And then thyroid disease, which is also going to be from a hormone. Right. So low levels of thyroid hormone can interfere with the release of the egg from your ovary ovulation. Mm. Thank you. Just Coca-Cola. Right. Which impairs fertility. Okay? Wow. It can be more difficult to conceive, and um, many women still do it with, you know, help. So That's great. I think it's really cool. Okay, so listening to all of that, I like action steps. Yes, you do. I do. And do tell us what action steps we need to take. Thank you, Katie. I will be glad to. <laughs> I also like to be told what to do. Like, No, no, no. That's a lie. I don't like to be told what to do, but I like to know what to do. Oh, yes. And then I will do it on my own time. Thank you. Uh, amen. I okay. hear you. First thing, step one, try or have unprotective sex for a year or six months if you're over 35. Yes, because we have learned right. that at 35, your egg quality goes down. Thank you. Yep. So if you've been trying for six months, move to step two. Yes. Okay. If you've tried, don't delay and go see your OB and ask for a referral. Yeah. So just make your appointment. Right. And I it's mean, it's not a big deal. No. And Pick the OB the phone. can also do testing. They can't obviously go into that detailed with the reproductive endocrinologist. The can. only thing I'm going to say about that okay. is that I think that there are some OBs out there mm. who like to act like they know it all. Oh, interesting. They are not fertility specialists. Yes. They are, don't get that confused. They are not. They are pregnant women specialists. Right. They are in utero. They are not fertility specialists. Correct, Mundo. So, don't get it twisted. Right. And I will say, too, testing that we got at my OB's office, and, and I say we, Matthew had his sperm tested, too, at the OB. Yep. When we went to the fertility clinic, which ROB was great, and she said, you need to go see. It was way more detailed, though. It was incredibly 
more detailed. And that's what they said when we got there. They said, you know, while it's great that they did these things to figure out the top layer. Right. We're going to get into the nitty gritty. If you're like me and you don't want to waste time, just ask for a referral. Mm -hmm. And they may say like, well, let's go ahead and do a blood panel. Who cares? Give them a vial of blood. (laughs) Like that's not a big deal. But if they want to start trying to diagnose you. No, no one should. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, you need to go see a specialist. And if they won't give you a referral, just call a doc, call a reproductive in, in your area. Right. See if they'll take, see if they're taking new patients. Yes. And you can even tell the person, we've been trying for a year. She hasn't sent it over yet. I don't know. Don't lie, but lie if you right, have to. Right. And well, I know the clinic we went to, you do not have to have a referral. You did not have to have one. Because you didn't, did. Well, neither of us did. I did, but they hadn't received it yet. So she said she was going to send it in, my OB. Uh And then when I called, she said, call on this day. So I called and she said, we haven't received it, but no big deal. We'll we'll get you scheduled. Right. Yeah. Because mine was just a second opinion. I didn't even, I left what we were referred to. Yeah. Okay. Step three. So step two. Okay. Step one. We're going to review them every time. Review. Step one. Do it. Do it. Okay. Step two. Don't delay. Call. And get a get a specialist. Yes. Okay. Step three. The more info you go in with, the better for you. Amen. Okay. So you need to understand your cycle yeah. before you go in. And Which could mean you don't understand it like you. And I did not. <laughs> right. I didn't know. Because it was cray cray. Right. So so I, I say what you should do is you should keep up with your period on your iPhone calendar. Yeah. Literally. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just go in, do a little red dot emoji or whatever and on the day that you start your period. Exactly. Whatever Keep up emoji. With it. Keep up with your start and stop date. Yes. Because you need to know the length of your periods too. There, I just think it could matter. So. Oh, I think so too. Well, just like, oh, I could be misspeaking. Mm-hmm. PCOS said there was, you had a longer period. Right. Was that endometriosis? No, it was PCOS. Yeah. So you have a longer period. Right. Where I had endometriosis, my period was like three days? Yeah. Maybe. Weird. Yeah. Like, so I I am certain I don't have PCOS. Right. And mine, I, I mean, I was definitely like five days tampon days. Right. Like, then maybe a panty liner day. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was a, a full-fledged. Right. Right. Okay. So, keep up with your periods and figure out how long your cycles are. Okay. Then, also, at the same time, go on Amazon. Oh, yeah. And type in the word Pregmate. P-R-E-G-M-A-T-E. We'll put it in the show notes. Yes. You can buy 100 ovulation strips and 50 pregnancy strips for $15.99. Those are literally what Abby and I both used. 100%. They're super flat. You can literally put them in your pocket. Yes. No one would know that you have it. Right. Because you have to do ovulation testing at lunch. Correct. You have to do it at like noon. Yes. So and you, you can't need, pee. yeah, you need to have these mobile and you need to have a lot of them like me because sometimes you'd have to do it 10 days a month Whew. to see if you were ovulating. Right. So go ahead and start testing around day 14 of your cycle. So cycle day one would be your first full day of bleeding. Yes. Cycle day 14, go ahead and take a pee on an ovulation strip. Mm-hmm. Do that until... And take pictures of them. That's how you keep up with it. 100%. Take pictures. And then also, you don't even have to go as far as that. I did think about that. And I was making these notes and I thought, you can get an app. You can do this. You can do that. 
just flipping put another little emoji on your calendar if you're ovulating that day. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It it, it grows, but it ovulation strips can drive people insane. Oh yeah, I agree with so that. So if you're gonna be going crazy, do a little flipping rubber ducky emoji on day 15 because it was it it was darker than the other than the control line right right and do that for a couple months it may take you two or may take you 60 days 90 days to get in to see the doctor right so and then you'll have this knowledge you understand your cycle right because they're going to ask they're going to ask and the more they more info they have from you the less guessing mm-hmm. the less testing so just do these things and also it's going to make you feel like i'm doing something about it right so just do it and less time wasting right that's that's great step yep. one step one step one do it do it yep step two don't delay mm, don't, don't do delay it. step three understand your cycle get it got it step four find a counselor yeah we can't harp on that enough. Infertility is emotional, it's physical, <laughs> it's financial, and it's psychological. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Are you equipped to handle that? No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So practice self-care. Yes. Be patient with yourself. Ugh. Go get a massage. Do get your toes done. Do whatever. Go on a walk. Go on a walk. Listen to some classical music. Yes. Um, and don't beat yourself up because no. literally going through all of the female factors. Abby, did any of them say this could be your fault? No. No. There no. are medical reasons why That's right. there are men and women that cannot make a baby. That's right. So it is not your fault. That's right. That's a big hurdle you'll have to get over. Yes. So... Find a counselor, though. You're going to need to talk through this. And as you get deeper into it, you're going to want to have somebody that knows your story. Mm-hmm. And that will know what to say back to you. Yes. I understand that you can pawn this off on your friends. Promise you, just listen to the last step. They're not going to know what to say. Nope. So, all right, here we go. Step one. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> step two. Don't delay. Step three, understanding your cycle. Step four, find a counselor. Step five. All right, here we go. Step five. You. This is actually when your appointment's coming. Yes. You've made your appointment. Step two. Yeah, exactly. Now you're on step five. You understand your cycle. Oh, look at that. You have clarity because you are enlightened by a counselor. Knowledge. <laughs> Power. Peace. <laughs> Sureness. Ooh. Stupid. Okay. So now you you're going you're going to your appointment. It's so exciting. It's day one. And terrifying. It's awesome. So if you're going to see an OB, let's say that's who you oh, need yeah. to you you made your appointment, you've been trying, but she didn't know or he didn't know that you were trying. So you're gonna go see your OB. These are some questions you can ask. Ooh, I love this. First question. Well, you give them your backstory. You tell them everything you've done. Everything you've that tried. you've done. You understand your cycle. You show them your iPhone calendar. You, you do show those things. ovulation strips. No, That's right. That far. But <laughs> you tell them what <laughs> show those ovulate. rubber duckies. Yeah, you make some conclusions about what your cycle is doing. Mm-hmm. The first question: Do I need to see a fertility specialist? Second question: 
Should my partner and I both get tested for fertility problems? And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if they say no, find someone else. Find some, That's exactly what I was going to say. It's because yes. just, it's 33% women, female, 33% male. Mm-hmm. So one of the percentages, both. And then one of the percentages, <laughs> unexplained. But either way, it's equal parts men and women. Correct, Amundo. Okay. So, And we're question. proof. Yep. It's one or the, it can be one or the other. Or both. Or both. It was kind of both for us. Yeah. But not that serious. I think it was like 19% both or something. Anyway. Um, and then based, this is another question. Based on my partner's age and my age, how soon should we get tested? Because you've already been trying. Mm-hmm. Let's say you just start trying and you're trying, it's been three months. Right. But you went ahead and made your appointment and how long should you try? Right. Or even when you get your, when you come off the birth control, get the IUD out, at least my OB said, all right, if you don't get pregnant a year from now, you need to come see me again. Right. And somebody may not say that. So you And I hope they would. I hope to goodness they would. Right. So if they don't, correct. Once you've been off your birth control, we've been over this a thousand times. Yeah, a thousand. Thousand. All right. So now if, let's say you're skipping the OB or the OB just gave you a referral and you're going to the fertility specialist. These are some questions you can ask. And we will put these in show notes. Is that right? I think we should. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or we'll put them on Instagram too. And that oh, way. Oh, I love that. Yeah, they can just like copy it from there. Okay. I love that. That's probably better. All right. First question. How soon can we get, so this is when you're calling and you're talking to the Fertility specialist. How soon can we get a sit down meeting with the doctor? Be specific. Mm-hmm. You don't want to come in and there's nothing more frustrating to get worked up about this appointment and go in and give blood to one of the blood companies. Yes, exactly. Oh, I 100% so agree. you're asking specific, you're advocating for yourself, specifically asking to sit down with a doctor. Right. Okay, so how soon? That's your first because question. Because they are the specialists. That's right. Question two. What steps will you take to determine the best treatment for us? And that's the um, amazing question. I think so, too. They may just start telling you. Right. And that's cool, too. Yeah. Then you don't have to ask it. Right. And you just check it out right beside where you wrote the question. 100%. Right. Take them in. Take a printed sheet in or whatever, handwritten notebook or, like, I like that. Or, you know, take notes on your phone. Okay. So then another question is, what are each treatment's success rates? Yes. They may not be able to tell you exactly for you because... It's the first initial visit. They don't know about you yet. Yes. But they should be able to give you an idea. Generalized. A very generalized idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next question. Can we skip to blank treatment if we want a more aggressive approach? So, let's say he says, his, his answer to the question before that is, IUI is going to be approximately 20 to 30% mm-hmm. of chance of it working. Well, being a woman over 35, my chance naturally would be 5%. So, right. that's pretty good. Yeah, right. Until he goes to IVF and he's like, if you do IVF with genetic testing, you're looking at 85, 90%. Mm-hmm. That's going to add some thought to my decision making. Mm-hmm. Something to weigh out for sure. Right. So can we skip treatment A and go to treatment B that's more aggressive? Mm -hmm. I feel like some fertility clinics want you to try things first. Right. And if that's the case and you're not comfortable with that, find a different fertility clinic. Right. Exactly. You have options. That's the thing. And most likely you're coming out of pocket. So Mm -hmm. do what you got to do to 
get what you want done. Right, right. And you don't have to just go along to go along. Right. Okay. And I think, too, maybe even part of that question, once you do know what is going on with your body and your partner's body, revisit that all right, now what truly would the, the success rate be? Because right. I really respect that our reproductive endocrinologist mm-hmm. said IVF's your only option. Yeah. You would be wasting your money if you tried anything else. And and looking back, no one really told me because my mind was set on doing the lower right. treatments. But looking back, I had that knowledge. I, I mean, I I didn't know it, but I could have looked it up. Right. It was in my packet. It was there. But it's also confusing because you got naturally pregnant twice. So you think, okay, I can do it. Right. But that's where it goes back to the beginning of the episode where we're talking about female factor. Right. So if I had really just sat down and read through this or thought about this, I would have thought, oh, maybe I have this. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have that. When I go to the doctor... Step three, I'm understanding my cycle. I'm going to tell them these things too. Right. And we may get to point B faster. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What are the treatment side effects or risk? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So you can ask, how hard is this going to be? Because I truly went into that blindly. Mm -hmm. I had zero idea how I was going to feel Mm -hmm. all the things. So I... I don't know. Part of me wishes I'd had a heads up. Part of me is kind of glad I went into it blindly. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I would have, I I had a heads up. So I was good. <laughs> I mean, no, it still sucked. But right. I had you three months ahead of me, four months ahead of me, whatever. Right. So I kind of saw it all go down. Yeah. They didn't let me know that my ovaries would be the size of grapefruits until after I paid. So exactly. that was probably smart. Exactly. <laughs> then again, a baby is the size of a what? Well, this is true, too. Uh, as Zach Brown says, 10-pound ham. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. True. I would do it all over again. So that's the that's a good question. Okay, next question. Should I look out for signs of complications? And that, to me, it just seems very obvious. Well, I'm going to be... Well... No. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm kind of a case for that. <laughs> well, Katie. <laughs> I think this goes back to your, like, high pain tolerance or something. Or you're like... This go honestly, I think this goes psychologically into your wanting to be positive. I'm not kidding. Oh yeah, it could definitely be. Like part my of periods that. aren't that bad. Blood clots aren't that bad. <laughs> you know? I can't breathe. It's fine. No. Okay. So yeah, should I look out for signs of complications? For sure. And that is a question that you'll ask, and and you've already asked what the side effects are. Okay. Or the risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, next question. How much will blank treatment cost? Uh, the the million-dollar question. Right. But I will suggest, and I don't know if you told me this, but send your insurance information to them before your appointment. So oh. let's say you have an appointment and it's in 60 days. Send it to them before. Yes. Send it in. Another thing real quick on the how much will it cost is I don't uh, my insurance personally covered a good portion of the test, like blood oh. work, initial ultrasounds, the saline ultrasound, the HSG, that's the x-ray test, the plumbing test. Mm-hmm. Those were tests to diagnose infertility, not treat it. So my insurance covered some of that. Wow, that's so interesting. 
So verbiage, man, you need to talk to them about that. Yes, because it's the way it's coded. Mm-hmm. So if they code it as they're testing you for this, then your insurance may cover it. But if That's you so smart. send them your insurance, and even if you've never been to this fertility doctor anyways, get in touch with the billing department before your appointment mm. and give it a good amount of time. Yeah. And give them your all of your information for your insurance. And hopefully, I mean, you can't guarantee and they're doing the best they can, but hopefully they can do a little bit of research, call your insurance company before you come. Right. Okay. Also, the last question is you need to ask, do they offer a rebate or refund program? Yes. So a lot of clinics do, and you can even use, to sound smart, people, is, I don't even know how to really say it, but it's Univ unify okay it's spelled u-n-i-v-f-y and it's pre-i-v-f yes okay so it's it's or basically unify i don't know i mean i don't know unify because anyway, fay is f <laughs> just, just say it however yeah they'll know what you're talking about it seems like a big name but it's who our clinic used and it was basically a report that they do And they test you for all these things, and then you can qualify for it or not qualify. I qualified. All right. And then I didn't because I waited. (gasps) That's right. That's right. So basically, I qualified, and don't quote me on this, but I qualified for three rounds of IVF for about... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say some numbers. Mm-hmm. Thirty thousand. Three rounds of IVF. Yeah, let's just say. Okay. But you pay the thirty grand. But, but if you get pregnant on the first one, you do not get your money back. Like, you, it worked. Ooh. Okay? Man. But if you don't, and you have to do a full cycle, so you have to do the egg retrieval and the transfer. Mm-hmm. If you do not get pregnant on the first round, then you get another cycle. It's already, it's built in. Right. Like you've already paid for it. You give yourself cushion, basically. Well, if you think about it, we did two cycles. Right. And it was, what, 40000 Yeah. So we would have saved $10,000, but there was a, a age cutoff. Right. To down to, like, the month. It, literally, it was to the month. And I, I remember. I think it was, I was, like, two months late. Right. But I had never done IVF at that point, so I was like, it's fine. It'll only take one cycle. Just right. psyching myself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely ask your doctor about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to run through them real quick. Ready? Ready. One. Step one. Yes. You're going to do it. Step two. You're going to don't delay. Step three. <laughs> you're going to understand your cycle. Step four. Find a counselor. Yeah. Step five. Make an appointment with your OB or your fertility specialist. Step six. Step six. Tell us you're starting. Yes. Tell us, and we will keep it secret if you want. Yes, absolutely. And we will shower you with all the love and support that we can muster up. All the sticky vibes. Yep. All the sticky everything. Because you need support during this time. You need support. We may even send you a pair of socks. You don't know. Heck yeah, man. We got to keep those tootsies warm. That's right. So, that is Female Factor in a nutshell. Which ended up being a longer nutshell than I anticipated. Of course it did, because we talk. <laughs> That's part one. Part one of the factors. So part two is male factor, and male. that is coming next week. That's right, guys. 
So we have a two-parter. That one is going to be shorter because, just like everything, it's easier. (laughs) (laughs) There ain't that much to it. That's right. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so we're not going to do stickies because this is just part one. Right. We're in a part one. Yeah, so we're going to do that at the end of um, Male Factor. Yes. Do you have anything you want to add? I don't think so, no. I just kind of added as I thought and as you talked, and I thought that was really great. And I think it was good. I do, too. It's a lot of information, but I think that this is one literally you could go back to and sit down with your earbuds, and mm-hmm. you could, like, take, take notes. notes. Yes, yeah. and, and really trying to figure out what you could have if you're just now going to an RE, you can ask these questions. Like, yeah. hey, is there a chance that I could have this? Is there a chance? Yeah. And there you get, go. Sounded smart. Look at you, sure. like, doing all your research. Not like us. Yeah, not like us. Two little scaredy cats walking in. Hives. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking, palms sweaty. That's an Eminem rap, it isn't totally it? It's totally Eminem. I love that. <laughs> Me too. I'm going to have to listen to that on my way home. All right, get you pumped up. All, all right, right, guys. We love you guys. Yeah, we'll be back for part two next Monday. Keep it sticky.